Level of Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome, welcome to episode 39. Uh, This is our business episode. We're going to be talking about a couple awesome little things and things that happen at work in the workplace. But most importantly, this episode will be the topic of breaking up with your job. And we hope that when you break up, it's for the right reasons and on your own terms. We have all been there, but when we finally do it, (laughs) you know, how do we know it's finally time to move on? But before we start, get started, let's check in with Irene and Ceci. ¿Cómo se encuentran, chavas? Muy bien, muy bien. Ceci looks gorgeous. Thank you. It's the lips, the lipsticks. Thanks to your sister. This is our last episode with Ceci in Mexico City. Yes, I can't believe it. Goodbye, Mexico City. Goodbye. I'm sad to leave Mexico behind, but I'm also excited to be back in, you know, the city, close to my parents, close to my siblings, and just being back in Cali, going back to Cali. I know. Cali, Cali. So maybe the next time we record, we'll all be in LA together. How exciting. We have some business to handle, some banking and what, you know, matters, banking matters (laughs) and everything else. A ton of business matters. Jesus, my goodness. It's, um, it all goes back to business. Full circle, business, business all around. So we say it's breaking up with your job for the right reasons on your own terms. And how do we finally realize that it is time to move on? You guys have any interesting stories from the workplace? Because, girl, I know I do. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Susie, your story is kind of interesting because you broke up with your job after 15 years. Oh, man, yeah. It was scary. It was scary. And I might have commented or said things along the way in previous podcasts. But the fact of the matter is that, yes, after 15 years, because I worked at my former firm as a legal assistant for about five years straight out of college and worked during the summer's during law school, and six years plus as an attorney. So yes, like 15 years at this employer. When it was finally time to break up, I felt it in my gut. Like I just felt like, you know, maybe it's time to move on. Maybe it's time to, you know, take some time off from practicing law and dedicate it to my daughters, which I really, really wanted to do. But I was scared. I was afraid because financially, I was the breadwinner. You know, my husband's a full-time student and, you know, he does get stipend. I was the main breadwinner and we're living in San Francisco. Yep. Really expensive city. And so I was scared, I think, because like, oh my God, how are we going to do it? Like financially, are we able to do this? I've got mouths to feed, yo. Right. right. Multiple mouths. And then the other part was also, I've given so many years to this firm, family outside the home. Uh, with with my firm with my colleagues and just we we get still to this day we're friends and we get along actually my former colleague just was here last weekend with his wife and and kids and so we definitely kept the relationship but just you know seeing those faces on the daily and interacting and you know again that's the only thing I know as a professional like that's the only thing I, I knew like that firm and just thinking like okay well what if, you know, in the future after the girls are in school and I want to get back into this and starting from scratch, am, am I going to start from scratch? Uh, I was lucky enough where I got hired right on after after college and after law school. 
and I didn't have to go through an interview process. So just to think like, oh, if I were to apply to another employer. But it's very important, Ceci, like what you point out. I know that when I interviewed for my first job out of college, one thing that the manager that hired me, the manager and then the regional manager was present interviewing me. Pretty much one thing they mentioned to me is like, you really have to pay attention to who you're hiring because you are spending so much time with them. And those people become your family. And a lot of times your first job out of college is where you're working your hardest. You are trying to prove yourself that prove to yourself that you are a young professional, that you're you're trying to become this young professional, make it prove to your employer that you are the right person for this job, the right fit. So you're spending more than eight hours, 10 to 12 hours a day with this group of people. And you're, you know, you're learning depending on what industry you're in. I was in sales and operations. You're trying to prove to them that you're able to do it. And you have to keep yourself in good spirits to handle stressful situations with a smile on your face. These people do become your family because you end up spending more time at work than you do at home. So it's so important who you work with and who you're working for. The siblings are who you work with and who you're working for in the sense as a parent, you know? I don't know if it's just Latino culture or just us being Latinas um, or just coming from Latino heritage. We're very loyal to our jobs. So we end up like our parents. We didn't hear of our parents going from one job to another. We heard of them staying with companies for years at a time and that's if they even changed jobs so we have this feel this feeling that we have to in a sense be very loyal to our employer because they are the ones allowing us to provide food and a roof over our heads and and for our families so it's kind of like this unspoken loyalty where you're just like ¿Cómo lo voy a dejar el trabajo? now we our parents have given us the opportunity to be like no you now have that opportunity to listen to your gut if something doesn't if something isn't right how do you know to move on? But the scary part is we get comfortable. Right. We get comfortable and we're like, no, this is what I know and I'm good at it. And I'm good with the people I'm here with. Why am I going to go risk there being right. something worse at the other end? Especially something that just came up, came to mind is that I, and I've mentioned this before, I was the only Latina attorney at the firm. We had Latina legal assistance, but I was the only Latina at the firm and the majority were, you know, were white. And, but I, but at that point, I, I was already comfortable in my own skin, right? As the only Latina there. And I felt comfortable about just my background. They knew my background. They know my background, the clients, the report that I, I made with the clients and bring, even bringing like a little bit of my culture into the firm. I actually started a tradition there at the firm where we celebrated Dia de los Muertos. So everyone learned about Dia de los Muertos and we started, you know, El Altar. Every year, every November, we, I would, you know, get everyone and send the email like, hey guys, we're doing this. So, you know, just bring being proud of my culture and being comfortable with it to show everyone like, hey, this is me. This is who I am. And let's all celebrate, the, for example, Dia de los Muertos or, you know, any, any other things that, you know, that I was proud of, like I would show them and share with them and, you know, they accepted it. And so I think also that just came to mind, like, hey, this is my identity. And I was comfortable with it at that at that place. And that's good. You want to be able to be yourself in the workplace. I think that's that's a beautiful part of it when there's companies that do allow you to express who you are. That makes you unique. It makes you different. But then if a company allows for an, an employee to be able to do that, that's great. Because a lot of times they're like, no, this is who we are. This is our brand. Don't add anything extra on top of it. So you're you're lucky to have been in a, in a workspace that's like, okay, your employer's like, oh, we're open. Teach us. Please tell us about who you are. And it's like, yeah, not only am I the only Latina, but I'm going to show you guys a little bit about what where we come from. And don't just expect 
this and this and that. But es lo que somos. We take pride in it. And here, you're part. They, they become part of you, of who you are. And the good thing is that you're able to like leave your imprint while you were there. So obviously you get to the point, because the point of this episode is, you know, breaking up with your employer and it doesn't have to be a bad breakup, meaning you mm-hmm. left because it's toxic. It can be a good breakup because you left because it was time. Like everybody knows when they've outgrown something and you can feel it. And it's just not working and it becomes where you are not challenged or you're feeling like you're giving time to work that you really want to be somewhere else. So you're distracted. You can feel burnt out. You can feel stressed. I mean, all those emotions are not to be forgotten or ignored. But when you're going through that, those are the cues usually to it's time to break up with your job. It's time to move on. And for you, Ceci, it's good that you had such a great rapport with the organization for 15 years. You grew. They did so much for you. But they probably knew you weren't going to make a lifetime out of it. Our parents had this way of you work one place and you work there for a really long time. And as Latinos, we do that. We are in a generation that is now so much more about moving on, growing. You see it on social media. We're so connected more than we've ever have been. So you are seeing folks on the trajectory of their life. So your life is happening with so much influence of the outside world and people's changes and people elevating and growing. And it can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. Like comparison can be a thief of joy. So sometimes you see other people growing and moving on and then you're comparing yourself to that and you suddenly want to move on and maybe for the wrong reasons or maybe for the right reasons. Sometimes you get really fired up now being so connected to other people and their trajectory and their changing and their Uh evolving and it inspires you. So hopefully take from this modern society to move on and do so strategically, smartly, that's what we coach about. And when you're ready to move on, do that, but yes. don't do that prematurely without a plan. Don't do that in a negative place. From a CEO standpoint, I've seen a lot of people really smartly move on and plan for it and train the next person and get to that place in a good place with the organization. And then I've seen people just sort of crash and burn, burn bridges. They really outgrew the position. They didn't move on. And then when you don't, you then almost like take it out on your environment. You become a part of the problem, like you're resentful at work. But this is a combination of different experiences that I've had. There's folks that have grown to that resentment place, folks that haven't grown to that resentment place. So kind of watch your feelings, I think, in the workplace. If you you're starting to feel resentment for work because you yourself haven't moved on, then that resentment is sort of placed in the wrong place. So be very careful of that because then you're creating a work environment where other people might now want to break up with a job that they actually like, they actually enjoy. But if they have one person that's central or one person that's just not happy somewhere, it influences everybody else's sort of happiness. And that's when you know it's time to find a breakup plan. A lot of times we end up waiting till it's too late. Mm -hmm. Um, However, you have to have a plan in place. For me, it's I have been there for six years. I had I was pushing my my manager at the time. So I was already a branch manager. I had been very successful at the previous branches and the previous operations I had been in. And I was ready for the next step. I was challenging my boss to be like, hey, teach me what what do I need to do to be in your seat? How do I get to where you're at? Because I know I can do it. And I needed to be challenged. It had become just so easy. Stress was nothing to me anymore. I could do this with my eyes closed, hand tied behind my back, everything. I, I love that company because it really did an excellent job in training and developing their teams. Management got a lot of attention. Our employees that started the management program got a lot of attention. And you wanted to invest. The people that were really invested in the company were getting, they were, the company was investing in them and training and developing them. So it was a great experience in that case. So for me, I'm like, I felt comfortable reaching out to my area manager and telling him, hey, I'm ready. Please mm-hmm. teach me what I need to know for that next step. For So where there is an opportunity, I am comfortable and confident to apply for it. it. Took him a while to actually take me serious. But then finally, he's like, okay, let's start meeting up. And we would meet like once a month. And why is it, it never got past an actual 
plan of action for me to be ready for mm. that next step. It was kind of like, okay, well, you say you're ready. We're wasting our time here. Uh-huh. Um, I loved my job. I had a really good time, even though I worked crazy hours. But I, I just have a thing where I'm like, if I'm doing my work, I'm going to do the best I can at it. And I'm going to make sure my team is doing it's kicking ass too. I started kind of mentioning to people around me like in that I was never, you know, how I would say vent up, don't vent downward. So I would vent with other managers or air managers that I was close to that was not my specific area manager and let them know like, well, this is how I'm feeling right now. I might have to go look for another opportunity because I don't know when opportunities open up. I believe my area manager got a whiff of that. And that's, but I was still performing. We had a performance sales growth. We had so many different goals every month. I was hitting goals back to back. So even though I was feeling this is not for me anymore, we have monthly manager meetings and they would put a plaque on the wall and things like that. My name was up there. My name was up there back to back to back. Just like I'm having babies back to back to back. I was like (laughs) putting up numbers back to back to back. (laughs) And it wasn't that, well, I'm done here. I don't have to perform. I'm going to make this just one of those. I want to show my team or or show my upper management that I'm over it. And maybe they'll either push me out or something. No, while I'm here, I'm going to perform because it's still my name. It's my reputation, my name on the line. And I've always felt that for me, the best thing was going to be, okay, Yeah, I had responsibilities. I owned a home. I had a car. I had all these other things. I'm like, I just can't leave my job. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, okay, I have to have some savings. I need to have at least a job or two lined up. And that, other than that, I'm like, I want to leave on a good note. These people will remember who I am. My reputation is what matters. It follows me. It, you can change it when you start a new job. You can try. They do outreach too previous management, previous supervisors, people that have worked with you. And if people don't want to work with you, they have a sour taste in their mouth when they hear, you know, they're like, oh, who? Veronica? Oh, no. That really says a lot. So for me, Mm -hmm. it finally got to the point where I knew I should have broken up and I should have walked away, but I was, everything has to align. Now that I think back, I'm like, it didn't have to. There's, I could have been okay with one or two things there. Mm -hmm. And you end up figuring it out. Things work out. Things you get, you figure them out. There's no reason to stress out, but it's like, okay, if I at least had three, you know, three months saved of money, and then I had relationship with the people behind at at my old job, I could have taken three to four months on my own to just find that job and dedicate myself to that. But I was just so stuck on having every item on the list checked off. Who cares? So they got to the point where I got let go of my job. Because it was one of those things where like, well, we've been hearing that you're interviewing and we've been hearing oh, no. that you're not at your office. And I'm like, excuse me, like, do you not see my office performing? I'm at my office all the time. You know, it was, oh, no. it was more of a hearsay of a this, of a that. No, these are the, all the wrong reasons why you're letting me go. But since I was so ready, my even my the regional manager, he kind of gave me an opportunity. I didn't even know I was going to let go. My area manager didn't know I was going to let go. It was like the the regional and then the actual boss of the group was there. And I knew all of them because I had been working for such a long time. And I'm like, here I am sitting in front of all these men and they're telling me the main boss who I, he was actually really good. Always gave me really good advice. He goes, do you have anything to say? I kind of like beg for my job, you know? And I looked at him and I took this deep breath and I was like, <gasps> and I was really going to tell him like, I've, you know, I've worked so hard here. I'm still performing. And I was going to give him mm-hmm. this reason why I should mm-hmm. still be there and not be like, go. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Fuck that. <laughs> in my head, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I said, no, I have nothing to say. If you feel, and if you agree that this is the right thing for myself and for the company. I just want to thank you for the opportunity. I've learned a lot in the last six years here. 
maybe it's time for me to move on. Because I knew in my gut it was time to move on. Was that the wrong situation, the wrong case? Yes, it was. I knew I could have acted on it sooner, but I let it play out where the boyfriend broke up with me instead of me breaking up with him Uh, at the time that I knew I should have just walked away. Could they be so, that seems to me like they're retaliating against you. You can't interview for another job and still keep your job. That was a little, I mean, I know we're only getting bits of the story, but I cannot imagine like sitting a staff member down and being like, so I hear you're interviewing for somebody else. So I'm letting you go. It wasn't my direct manager a decision made by someone who I had some interactions with before I was I, I know I told you guys I was always very vocal I was very out mm. very outspoken. and when I didn't think things were clear I would make sure like hey I just want to clarify does this make or I would say hey this does not make sense and a lot of times people would be like Vero just shut up just roll with the punches oh no and when you get to the office you run your office and operate your business how you want to operate it nah homie's like I don't agree with that and I've always been that person that no doesn't just take no or or take whatever it is that's given to them for for what it is, you know? You're going to ask questions. Yeah. This person, I mean, I had some interactions with them. We used to do a, a yearly manager trip to Orlando. So there were situations where I felt there should have, like, he felt he could use his position and his power mm. to kind of like, hey, let me just, what's up, girl? Kind of that. And I was always mm-hmm. like, mm, nothing. That's not my thing. When I am here, I work my ass off. I prove myself. I don't need to quote unquote, sleep myself to the top. No, yeah. no. Ooh, me too movement so, was in the making. Yeah. So I was like, no, that was, I mean, and there was the thing is that you experience things like that in a mm-hmm. workplace where it's, where it's male dominated. And we're, like I said, we're still breaking barriers. We're still breaking glass ceilings. We're going there. It's time for us to also be like, no, I know my worth and I know what I can do. And I know what I'm capable of. I don't need to do this. I don't feel that there's, that you have this power over me, even though you are the boss, you make decisions for the next person that's going to get the next position or, or get promoted. So there was a history with this person. And, and with that, he was just one of those people that's like, you know what, it's just time. Uh, I'm not, I don't want you on this team pretty much. Wow. And I was feeling that. And I have felt like I have given so much to this company. I've given my youth so much. Like you work so hard. Dang. All I get is like, all right, then bye. After every time you go through an experience, it's new. You kind of, for me, I research on topics and I learn things. Oh my God, I could have totally had an opportunity to sue on this, or I had terms to do this. And now I know, but I've never been that kind of litigious person to be like, in case this happens, I can do this and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, or I could have walked away with a, pa- a bigger package or something like that. But I just, for me, I was like, you know what? This is the right thing to do. Walk away. I mean, I know I'm over it and let's just move on. I think for me, what's always worked best at the end of the day. And you Ooh. had a plan. You bounced and landed on your feet. Or would you say that it was touch and go or adjusted pretty well? I adjusted pretty well. I adjusted pretty well. I remember putting my my resume for fun on Monster. Got hired by this other huge company that was like great company, just very boring work. Mm. <laughs> um, and from there, when I was working at that company, I got a call from one of my old clients when I was when I worked at that other company that let me go. How about you come work for me? I want to see mm. what you can do for us here. Mm. And I got hired with them. And it was also very male dominated. Uh, I was done with the car industry. And I knew I'm like, hey, I, yeah, sure. I'll come and see it. I'll join your team for a few months for like, I'm like, if you want to give me six months. He's like, no, I want you on our team, period, mm. long term. I go, no, how about I give you six months of my time and you tell me if this works out and I see if this is the right fit for me just because I knew I didn't want to be in the car industry. And after that, it was, then I got hired on by the company I last was the director of event and marketing. It's always been like that. Opportunities have presented themselves to me and um, the kind of person that I am when it comes to the workplace, that's opened doors for me. It sounds like you had really good 
rapport with folks. So you did one really key thing, which is keep your network clean, which is so good for everybody. Don't burn bridges. Always keep your network mm. connected and clean so that your reputation can precede you and other people can give you opportunities. It sounds like you always manage to move from one opportunity to the next because you didn't burn bridges and people knew you were good at what you were doing and you could sort of leapfrog to the next thing. Because I think, you know, I hear all the time that part of moving on is making sure that you have your ducks in a row. Like you said, Vito, you're not going to have them all perfect. Don't expect perfection to move on because then you'll never move on. But if you're feeling like it's time to move on, then what's your budget like? Like you said, Vito, having some savings. I think that's such a critical tip to when you are thinking of moving on, we'll start saving that money. That's going to take a lot of discipline. Start making those connections and putting the bug in people's ears that you're thinking of moving on, that you have certain skills. Who do you know in this next industry or the next role that you're looking at? If you want to go into an industry that's completely different, well, who do you know? Because I think those soft interchanges always lead to a much more comfortable way of getting a job. And again, having those references that you can fall back on and being employed, funny enough, they say it's easier to get a new job while you're in a current job because it says a lot about you that you've been holding it down and that you're somewhere and hopefully stable for many, many years. Like Sissy, I think when you jump back into the workplace, they're going to guzzle you up quick. 15 years of you being with one firm, who doesn't want that? And a firm that they could call and speak to the partners and your colleagues about how well you did. So it's so important to keep yourself intact, even if you're in a toxic environment right now, even if you don't yeah. like your boss right now, even if your coworkers drive you crazy, you have to be thinking about your self-preservation. So my tip is you have to really think about you in the space that you're in and how you're presenting and how you're connected and how your next future move is tied to how you are right now in your current employer. So those things will open doors for you or they'll shut doors for you, depending on how you did. Very true. I mean, as hiring managers, I think we've been there and we look over a resume Mm -hmm. and there's times when people have these breaks in between one job Mm -hmm. and the other. And you ask like, what happened there? And your interviewer will be like, oh, well, it's just, I need time to myself. I was going, I went on sabbatical. I did this. I feel like, let's say you didn't go on sabbatical. Let's say you didn't take a year off to go travel the world with your family. Let's say (laughs) you have to be wise what you do with that time. Sometimes we're lost. Mm -hmm. We're unmotivated. No, we didn't have that next job lined up. Say you are trying to make a transition or say you're trying to make a change. Go take a class and roll. Like even if you don't know yet, be smart with that time. Put it on paper, put it on your resume. Like, okay, during this time, this is what I did. I didn't have the opportunity. I didn't have another job lined up. However, I wanted to take the time to learn about this because I felt that this is where I wanted to transition to, or this is something I was interested in. Turns out that once I took this class or when I, once I learned about this, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So now I'm back here. So just always keep active mm-hmm. where you can kind of show what you were doing with that time instead of like, I just want to be lazy. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's also the way you want to say it. Sometimes we do need a break and be like, oh, well, you know, I, and, and the thing is, hey, yeah, I saved money. I needed some time to really get away, think about what I do, process this. And now I came back and this is what I've decided that I wanted to do. And these are my strengths to be able to do this. It's something new. However, this is what I can do. This, these, these are my tools. This is what I can do. And this is, I'm going to give it all I can. It sounds like you yeah. added to your toolbox classes. I've now volunteered. I've now been an intern unpaid because I wanted to learn about XYZ or this industry mm-hmm. or that industry. So there's not real gaps of, like you said, Vero, it seems like unmotivated right. and consistent, but instead mm-hmm. reflection time, planning time, like you're always kind of, I think, selling yourself in the moves that you're making. So those moves to get a certificate, take a class at a junior college, do a class online, volunteer somewhere, all super dope mm-hmm. suggestions. I think that's that's really Definitely. good for our listeners thinking of moving on. 
Yeah, if you're if you're planning an interview or getting called for interviews, something that has worked for me personally, and it might be sound silly, is to practice in front of the mirror. Seeing yourself, the way you speak, and practicing like potential questions that you may get over and over and over, or having maybe your spouse asking you the questions so that you're practicing practicing with an actual person. The other thing is recording yourself on your cell phone, listening mm-hmm. to yourself, like how you, so you can, you know, hear yourself, how you sound when you're answering these questions and just practice, 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 because I mean, it's, it, it's essential for doing well at interviews, especially if you haven't done one in a while. I love that we were speaking at the Hermana Sunidas conference a couple weekends ago, Vero and I, and Ceci did a really great video at the beginning to kickstart everything. And it was sweet because I felt that people were like, oh, I like her. One girl even said yeah. from the audience, we played the video twice. She seems nice. So <laughs> people got a chance to see Ceci, but then we got a chance to yeah. speak about you, Ceci, because we were asked, you know, what if someone's not a natural speaker? Vero and you appear to be good speakers. What if we want to be like you guys and be able to lead workshops? and speak. And I said, oh, some people are born with it or some people do it in their everyday jobs. They practice mm-hmm. that I go, but Ceci has a great way of preparing where she's in front of the mirror. <laughs> she writes it down. She says it over and over again. So it's so funny what you just said. We said yeah. for you a couple of weeks ago, right. you know, that's your, it's your, your strength is to prepare. And you're, if that works for you, that works for you. Don't not prepare, do what right. works for you. I learned that in, uh, in law school, when we were practicing like oral arguments, I think our professor suggested it. Like you guys all have computers, record yourself. So you're listening when you're, you're doing your, your oral argument. And I was like, well, why not, you know, everyday life or interviews or just things that you, for example, like you said, public speaking, like I'm not, I'm not like a strong um, public speaker. So when I do speak, I need to practice it several times so that I'm comfortable when it does. It is a day. Who has a paletero by their house? That's me. I was thinking, ah, oh, did Otto take the kids outside to buy nieves? I want a nieve. I was just thinking <laughs> that right now. Before I was a CEO at my nonprofit, I had, I think three bosses, maybe four, no, three. I had three separate bosses and they all had separate blessings and they were all really good at different technical skills. And looking back on it, some were really good leaders and some were firm and strong. Others were really compassionate and more like the kind of leader that you felt like you were in therapy when you talked to them. And then others were not good leaders at all because not that they couldn't lead. I'm sure they could lead, but not be the key leader. I've had bosses where, oh my God, they have such great technical skills in X, Y, Z, but to lead this team, it's going to take A through Z. So it's been really great to have that contrast because I've seen and I've learned from each of them things that I liked about those bosses and things that I thought, okay, I can't do that, even if it's naturally my personality, because I know that that impacted the team negatively. So I've seen really different incarnations. And then I'm sure that my team can say now like, oh, Irene has these six strengths, but these three things about her drive us crazy. And I think the key in that is that we're all human and we all have to play to our strengths and understand our weaknesses. And some of the best environments are when you can be real with one another about where you have deficiencies. They say like with a leader to have humility to say, I got that wrong. I messed up. I really need to rely on you because it's more your strength and not mine. So it's such an interesting thing because a lot of us have bosses that probably don't have humility. They are secretly doing so much more than you realize a lot of times. It is pretty lonely for the boss. Like Vettel said, you got to vent up and not vent down. Sometimes you have no one up to vent to. So dynamics are so funny. There's the human side of them where let's all be compassionate and understanding that we're all kind of fighting a battle. And then there's a logical side of them where you just don't want to put up with people's crap. And if you don't like your boss, then you got to move on. Because what if your boss is like happy-go-lucky and they're not going anywhere? They're fine. They don't feel like they're the problem. Then you have to put the steps into place because you can't change anybody else. 
You cannot change anybody else. So we hope for everybody, a great environment, great leader that is both humble, but also visionary and keeping an environment that is culture focused on getting the job done and respecting each other. They may hit the mark. They may not. But I think you have to, at the end of the day, really look at yourself, look at your contribution to a workplace. If you're unhappy, is it you? Is it the job? Make the decision to break up either way. If unhappiness is definitely the underlying situation, or if you feel like, wait, maybe I just need to refocus and get better and do these things differently. And maybe you yeah. can become happy again. Yeah. You don't have to break up with your workplace if you've done the work with you. But that takes a level of maturity and understanding. You, it, what if you're severely underpaid, but the place sucks? That's a huge battle, right? It's like, yeah. I love the culture, to re- no, but I don't to make really it underpaid. No. <laughs> Did you say you're really underpaid and it sucks? No, no, no. no you should be really <laughs> overpaid. And it and doesn't it suck. <laughs> and it doesn't suck. What if you love the culture? What if you love the environment? Uh, yeah. The first example, Vettel, you should not be working there. Uh, yeah. The second example is maybe you have a great culture. Maybe you have a great boss. Maybe you have a great team, but you're not making money. You're going to have to find a way to break up. Maybe you make a ton of money. And Vettel, you always tell the story of, you had a job where you made money, but you just didn't like it. It was boring or unchallenged. You're not going to be happy in either scenario. So nobody has it better. Yeah. The grass is not ever greener on the other side. Everybody has to have like a relationship in personal life with your kids, with your spouse, with your friends. Mm-hmm. Like there's a give and a take. Work is a give and a take. So be very conscientious of the give and the take. Am I willing to give this? Am I willing to take this from the space? Is it depleting me? Is it toxicity, like we said, making me worse? Or am I growing, evolving, creating opportunities? Really have to be candid with yourself in the vibe. It's not my boss is doing this to me. My coworker is doing this to me. Like you are there too. Yeah, what are don't you victimize yourself, okay? Do not Martyr. victimize yourself. You have power, yeah. Like, oh, poor me. Nah, homie, get it together. Maybe you are the problem. There's people like that. Oh my yeah. God, there's so many people that's like, I'll talk. And they have I'll- no idea, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No and I'll sit there and listen to them like, have you checked yourself recently? Mm-hmm. Because you're not that fun to be around with. <laughs> if you're not fun outside of work, how are you at work? Like, and it's not fun in the sense of what I'm talking about, like, oh, actual fun, but it's just like, this is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. just carry a conversation. When when you meet people, like at networking events, you know how they're yeah. well, I'm looking oh, yeah. like jobs and things <laughs> like that. Like not only ner- like just in general, like when you meet people, you're like, oh my God, you're a terrible human being. How do you not see it? <laughs> I think it's re- it's always so e- it's so much easier to to see what e- everyone else their faults and their, their all their yeah. weaknesses are, but it's never n- easy to look within. And yeah. when there's you constantly find yourself in situations or oh my god, this person sucks. They, they're doing this to me. Blah blah blah. And like no, if it's been happening over and over again, not only at this job but at other jobs and and your life, I think it's probably you. Maybe you haven't just taken the time to step back. And it really takes a lot for someone to do that. To really look within and see like maybe it's me but it also takes a lot for someone to tell you like hey yeah and that's gonna be a good friend that's gonna be a good stranger or a good boss you might have <laughs> a, good a good boss, boss i've been in that chair where i told my people you're not yeah. happy here move on find a place where you're happy yeah, like bye. you have all these gifts and all this strength mm-hmm. and you could be happier elsewhere go for it or stop bitching. yeah <laughs> Yeah, and it's true, and I, these are all things you learn, right? Like to be a good boss, like being a good boss takes a lot of things. It's a, such so many different components go into having a good boss or being a good boss. Everyone has different styles, but you recognize when people are like, "Hey, I don't think you're happy here anymore. You need to go," or when you see an employee that just like somehow manages to put themselves in the same situation, which is a tough situation with the people around them, with clients, whatever it is. You're just like, okay, it, there's it comes to a certain point where it's not them, it's you. 
And if you're able to communicate that the right way and develop this person, great. Because as a boss, your job is to see the, their strengths or weaknesses, what they're good at, their potential, having them reach their potential. If you're able to do that as a boss, get it. You have earned your title. Go for it, you know? But it's always hard when you have a team and your boss can't just really be like, look, I need to have conversations with this person, and that person, because this is just the dynamics in general are not, they're off. And if you're able to have a conversation and fix it and get people to be like, okay, good, we're good. Not best friends, but just be able to do the work right and complete it. You got it. But other, I mean, if you can't, oh man, I feel bad for you and I feel bad for your team. Work as it is. Yeah, no, ultimately work should be a place where it's like you're spending all this time away from your home. Those are the people you're with all the time. They're your colleagues, they're your work family. You should be succeeding together. You should be challenging one another. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to be okay with conflict and being uncomfortable at work, but respectfully. There's all these elements to a great work life is like a great relationship, like a great marriage, like a great parenting dynamic where you do the tough stuff. Sure, because otherwise it's just fake and no one's really getting along behind your backs or whatever. But if you can have those kinds of really good where you feel growth, you feel respect, you feel like you contribute, but you also feel like you can be challenged. It sounds like that at your other job where you were always challenging, that wasn't being well received. And you weren't challenging for the sake of being challenging, I don't think, right? You were just asking questions. You're not just going to be a a yes kind of person like, okay, sure, no problem, sure, no problem. And maybe the next person is, and that's great, but you're not going to hire a bunch of yes men. That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Or you're not going to hire also a bunch of people that conflict constantly because they all naturally have that. So I think a balance of that. And like you said, checking yourself is just so critical who you are and what you bring. And then the same with your coworkers. I love like Sissy says, some people don't even know they're the common denominator. They don't know they're the ones bringing the drama. But if you're sitting here right now thinking, what if it's me? Like think about your relationship with your mom and or dad or both. Think about your relationship with your spouse. Think about your friends and how your dynamic is there. Think about your work. Think about relationships you're struggling to keep, whether they're romantic or personal. And if you're mm-hmm. finding that in all of them, he is no good to me. My mom is no good to me. My kids don't understand me. My boss is terrible. If you're finding a lot of everybody's victimizing you, then take a deep breath, homie, and really think about, is it really everybody victimizing you? Right? In the mirror. Right? You're the common denominator. You're yeah. the common denominator. And then you have to just like put your big girl pants on and make some decisions. Because like Vettel said, sometimes you'll stay somewhere and you really needed to have moved on and you don't and you don't and you don't or reinvent yourself. I've gone through ups mm-hmm. and downs in my place where I was ready to move on and I didn't move on once because they told me, no, you can't. <laughs> and it worked out for me. They were right. Other times I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the year I move on. And then I fall back in love with my work and I realize like, this is a great situation. I love being here. I love what I do. I love this team or I'm building a new team and then I'm suddenly okay. And it's funny because if you want me to move on, I'm happy at my job. You know, it's such an yeah. interesting, like our friend Heidi. We all know Heidi from high school. She used to volunteer with us and she, um, not high school, college. We all know Heidi college. from college. And she used to volunteer with us. And I see her and when I run into her, it's like, oh, when are you going to move on? When are you going to move on? And I just realized the other day, like, I should let her know, like, I don't want to move on. Like, I don't know what you're projecting, but I like where I am. But she assumes since I've been there so long, she asks, you know, but she just went through a huge, well, like, she went through us. She worked somewhere I mean, 10 years and couldn't wait to move on and tried for years and years and years she to was move there, on. That was her job after college. That was yeah, her job 10 after years. college. And was there, are you sure it was 10 years or was it more? It was 10 because I remember thinking oh. that's what I'm coming up to. And I remember she was just so over. She probably like went beyond the 10, but she was I when she was so. trying to move on. But I would listen to her, t- um, like her stories, her work stories, and not coworkers in general, but just how 
shady her boss was. Yeah. Like, that would happen. I'm like, and she's such an, uh, what is it? Such an ethical and um, a woman with such so much integrity. And she's so like hardworking. Um, I'm just like, how can you be, how can you function in that? And that's the thing. She, she wasn't able to, it was really getting to her yep. and it had gotten to her over the 10 years, but she was just, she liked what she was doing in the sense of for the community and the work she was doing, but it was just, she could not one more day work for that, for that mm-hmm. her boss finally got around to, she, she wanted to have the other job lined up. She wanted to make sure she was set in a certain industry. I'm proud of her because she waited yeah. out. She wanted to go like into a certain industry. Yeah. She wanted to leave um, this area. She moved to another area. Yeah. She co- was really willing to relocate. She wanted to do all, she, all these different things and they just, she, but patiently waited. But I feel also that sometimes it's scary when it's been your, the only job you've known. Yeah. It is scary to make the decision to finally move away, like leave it because that's all, you know, and you're comfortable and you're like, I don't know what kind of, if this is what work is, this is what I've known for 10 years. This is how it is everywhere. You kind of envision that. You're like, what kind of situation am I going to walk into at another office? Mm-hmm. But you start losing that fear once you put yourself out there, once you've had your second, third job where you're like, okay, I, I know where I want to be and I know what I want to do. And no, things aren't always terrible. Things are great. They could be great. If they aren't great, I can work towards making them great. And and that's where, like Irene was saying right now, like, you know, you you reinvent yourself, you reinvent the position, you reinvent your team, you find ways to re-motivate yourself and, and get what you want out of your job. Unless it's something where you really are unhappy, hey, moving on. It's just, it's those moments where you do have the realization that it's time to move on. Don't just let it linger, act on it, ask for help. And, it's and here we okay. are. And here we are. Here we are. That's what we coach to really well. The client I'm meeting with tomorrow, that's a key focus of that client in her life. She wants to move on. She's young. She's hungry for more. And I'm just so excited to explore that with her. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. exciting. That's so exciting. It's scary, but exciting. It's almost exciting. It's an ice cream truck that's been parked in front of my house for the last hour. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the ice cream truck outside Vettel. The neighborhood. The neighborhood. But it definitely is real. We all go through that. We all work. We all need to make money. There are some entrepreneurs out there that, you know, work for themselves and they have to find ways to make things work also. But yeah, just remember, I mean, there's, uh, Irene gave us some good tips of the day. Always remember, leave your imprint in the workplace. Be who you are. If you're Latina, bring the Latinas into your office. Be you. Yeah. Keep your track record clean. Build rapport. You never know when you're going to need that reference or need that opportunity or when the opportunities are just going to present themselves to you when you're ready. So be you, be good, and and handle business, mujeres. Be brave. Always be brave. All of that good stuff. But yeah. Even if that, you've been somewhere 15 years, five years, two years, ask for help. With that, we're good. We're wrapping yeah. up. Yeah, we're wrapping up. And um, we're glad you guys tuned in today. If you have any questions or any suggestions, feel free to contact us. Let's keep this conversation going. Email yeah. us at admin at leveluplatina.com. And hit us up on the gram and on Facebook. Our handle is at Level Up Latina. Thank you guys for checking in with us today. Thank you for listening. And we wish you all a great day and rest of your week. Mm-hmm. Ciao, ciao.